Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Just lay back, relax, Chris. Close your eyes. I've done a reflexology course with needles. Oh, get off me. Bung, I got your kidney. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season three of Homo Sapiens. Goodness me, William. Did you think we'd ever come this far? Not when we started in your kitchen. Nor did I. And boy, have we got some treats in store, no? We've hit the ground running. Season three is a tour of LGBT America. We wanted to see what was going on with LGBTQ plus people in the US over there. Tell me more about who we've got on this week with our launch episode. We've got Troy Sivan, who is an amazing LGBTQ plus artist. Uh, We also have a special guest of someone who we just interviewed along the way. Uh, And we're going to answer your answers to our question on Twitter. William, tell me what is going on in Homo Sapiens Season 3. Well, we took to America. We did as well. We took flight, dear listener. Um, Chris tagged along. And the thing for me was not just the guests that we lined up, but the people that we also met between our interviews. We just kind of like Mm. kept the microphone running. So we're going to share a few with the listeners over the series. But this, the woman coming up was my favourite one. Yes. And just tracking back. Yes, because it's important to say we wanted to do a profile of, let's say, queer America in Trump's era, right? And it wasn't about just interviewing famous people. So we talked to various different people we just bumped into. One of our favourites was Natalie, the Uber driver. I don't want to say anything more about it. This is the conversation as it happened. So I am a gay man and a pop star and an actor. Okay. Chris is a writer and director. Okay. Could we ask you some questions for our podcast? Because I noted that uh, you're a gay woman, is that correct? Yes, I am. We're doing like a tour uh-huh. of America to see what it's like. We did we did a tour last year of Britain to see what it's like to be LGBT in Britain. Okay. And we want to know what it's like to be LGBT in America. Did you grow up here? Yes. So you have always... How was that growing up as an LGBT woman? It was hard. Was it? It was very hard. Because I grew up in Compton, okay. and it's a you know predominantly black community, and I don't know if you know it or not, but it's a little hard for black folks to come out. Mm. Why is that? Religion, you know, we're steeped in religion, and uh, unfortunately, it goes back far because the Bible was taught to us by people who condemned, condemned. It wasn't about love. You know, so it was more about condemnation. Mm. So it doesn't matter if it was gay or uh, cheating on your wife or lying or whatever. That that's what we were taught instead of the love part of the Bible. It was very hard to come out gay for me. It was extremely hard because I was attractive and I was you know I had all the boys. Mm. All the boys liked me and you know it was just. That's what I was supposed to do. But those feelings just kept, you know, presenting themselves. So at 18, I tried to kill myself because I knew my mom and my family were going to disown me. You know, I just knew it. I'm like, they're going to disown me. So I was scared to death. So I just, I just tried to kill myself. Obviously it didn't work. But when I got out of the hospital... All of my things were on the front porch of my house. And my mom was kind of 
nasty. She mocked me. You know, she wasn't, she was just nasty about it. And um, I went to live with my brother. And I never looked back. I never been back to my mom's house until 12 years ago when she called me in New York. And she said that she was really sick. And um, I came home and I took care of her. And we mend our relationship. Really? But it took years. I think as I got older, I started to realize that our parents have expectations for us. Mm-hmm. They want us to be a certain way. They want us to wear the white wedding gown and, you know, the little grandkids and all of that. And they picture it. But I'm happy as hell. And she saw me happy. And I've been with my wife now 14 years. And she loved her. Really? Loved her. So she loved Loved her. her. She met her. She loved her. And when my mom passed away, my wife was affected by it. Because I I was totally surprised. But she, you know, I love Mama J. Mm. That's what she used to call her. But she totally, totally changed her mind because... When you get down to it, parent only wants to see you happy now. And her son, my brother, who was the sun, the moon, and the stars, died of a drug overdose. And I started learning that she was kind of, um, she was like, you traveled the world. Sort of the thing that I would always wanted to do. So I was living through you. I said, you were living through this gay woman? She said, I was living through you. I said, well, you had a ball, honey. Because I had a ball. <laughs> a ball. Is there a wider context of also being black in America? Uh, Does that not come into it so much? No. no. It depends on what part. See, we got three parts of America. We have the West Coast, liberal. Mm. We have the East Coast, New York, liberal. And we have mid-America. Mid-America put Trump in office. I was just about to ask that. Yeah, Mid-America did that. So how does that feel now, having a president who is a bigger xenophobe, the all a, a woman-hater, probably a man-hater as well. Yeah. He hasn't yet gone for gay people, but he's gone for transgender people. Right, right. How does that feel? It feels uh, unsafe. It feels like every day... You're taking a step backwards from being, you know, Obama. And I'm not doing that for just black Obama. I'm doing it for progressive mind Obama. Mm-hmm. So for that instant, we were we were feeling positive. But you have mid-America who says, Mm-mm, this is not going to work for us. We don't want to move forward. We don't want to do that. So, yeah, it feels like every day. You wake up and you're taking a step backwards. Do you feel at all sheltered because you live in Los Angeles from that kind yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah. I feel safe. Mm. I feel safe. Mm. Where, you know, we just came from West Hollywood. And I was... I, I live in West Hollywood. I've been there 20 years. And I've lived through, you know, the gay men. You know, with people driving into our city and, you know, abusing them and beating them up and... I've lived through that. I've seen that. And I've seen West Hollywood grow. West Hollywood is a bubble. Right. We're not going to let you in. We will. Can I curse? Yeah. yeah. We will fuck you up. This is our bubble. Don't come up in here talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have therapy. I have um, anxiety more than depression. I can get depressed. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had therapy to work through yes. that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and has, yeah. did that? I mean, that's, I mean, it. Gosh, it's obviously helped. Yeah. you know, it's helped a lot. Do it's you... it's helped a lot so far as being in this car because I'm a um, I'm a costume designer, but I took off twelve years to take care of my mother, mm. so my career kind of slipped. I needed help with that because I'm taking care of this woman. Who basically just dismissed me. You know, I needed help with that. And that's all that has everything to do with love. Love. Push it forward. And I enjoy. Look at you guys. 
I never dreamed shit like this could happen to me in the car. <laughs> but it, I've been in the car three years on and off, and I get the strangest shit. You know? <laughs> it's like, but it's more or less the kind of stuff that makes you open up. When the spirits connect, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it's not you know you're in the right place. I mean, when's her album out? I don't know. When's her poetry, audio, yeah. book out? When's she running for president? I just felt like I was in a hot bubble bath the whole time I was talking to her. Oh, that's so nice. She's just talking about love and like... She'd been through shit as well. She really had. And she told us from that. I think that's the amazing thing about maybe being British and out in the US. Mm-hmm. Just asking people questions and being open to it. She was just a slice of LGBT America. Do you remember both our mouths just went, uh, when she said, and I tried to kill myself? Yeah. And she said she never told anyone that before, which is crazy. And because you remember we got in her car and I said, how are you? And she said that I've just had an argument with my wife. That's oh, she's in a bad mood. Yeah. She? yeah. And we're going to have a few of those throughout the series. So different people we spoke to. We've got some wonderful <laughs> ones. <clears throat> We've got some really funny ones. I can't wait till one of them. You know the one I want. Can I talk to you about van rental please do i ring up a certain van hire company billy answers mm. as soon as billy answers i just felt like you know you just think i think he's a gay guy i don't know why mm. he was a nice soft voice seemed happy lilty tinge of sadness and um tick 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 <laughs> we get talking and i'm loving billy he lives in berlin and then i thought another big tick mm. and then we have a chat I said, can I, can I mention that I do a podcast with my friend Chris Sweeney? Yeah. You might want to listen to it. He goes, no. I had a big three-hour conversation with my friend last night about um, what it is to be queer and it was all politics and everything. And my friend mentioned your podcast. No way. Yeah. And he was amazing. And we just had this then an incredible conversation about identity and what it is to be queer. And mm. I just said... We're not getting any closer to my rental, Billy. (laughs) I said, so do I get one day knocked off or not? But I said to Billy, please email in. And I just thought that Billy was a great example of someone in their like mid-twenties of that whole generation of Mm. queer people. A little bit like one of our guests later on. Mr. Troy Sivan. Yeah. Why did you have a van? I went down to my sister's for my 40th. Boop, boop. I know. She don't look 40. Um, <laughs> drove down to my sister's, cleared out brambles with my father, my sister. It was your 40th birthday. Yeah. A message to say happy birthday. And then you sent me a video of you with a kind of chainsaw thing, cutting down brambles. And I was like, He's that happy. is so the sort of thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I just would make me, I knew how happy you were. I was in a van. I was in a boiler suit. I was with my family, which was nice. Yes. With the kids. Gardening. Heaven. It was it was really nice. Because what makes me happy if someone goes, I don't know what to do with this garden, it's a mess. You go, out of my way. Oh, don't shit. I started moving pieces of granite around, yes, which okay. she had to keep on reminding me, that's not the job in hand here. We're doing the, the brambles. <laughs> my, dad None of your business. Me, my dad came up to me and said, I know what you do. He goes, you sneak off and do your own little jobs. And then yes. you come back and go, oh, I've just weeded the rose garden. Yeah. I had to rein myself back because I was that far away from booking in a JCB. How was your birthday? How does it feel to be 40? Birthday was amazing. I couldn't imagine anything being better. Do you think there's a difference for turning 40 as a gay man to... Yes. You do? I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like... So attractive. Really? (laughs) Yes. I don't know how to describe... You've become a daddy. I'm actually being honest. Is that what it is? I've been in limbo. (laughs) I've been really? in limbo for ten for a decade. Really? What transplant from Twink? Maybe. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it wouldn't be a series of Homo sapiens without asking our dear listeners a question, would it, William? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked, uh, what day of your life would you like to relive? Francis Short says, It was a sad day for the donor family, but the day I was the lucky recipient of my transplant. Without my new lungs, I wouldn't be here today. I'm eternally grateful. Good luck with your new series. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Anne. I didn't know you could do lung transplants. I didn't know that either. Ian Morgan, the day I came out to my parents, 
I would do it differently with more confidence and no apology. Oh, so he wants to relive to have another go, not relive. Oh, now that's interesting. Yes. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, then that's, that is a whole... D- I know immediately my Let's one. Go on. Mr. Wood. Okay. Yeah. It's not a name for me. <laughs> say, and what's um, Mr. Wood got to say? Please, hello, Mr. Wood. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Wood's Wood, hungry. Mr. Wood was the deputy headmaster at my school and I was leaving and he tried to get me expelled after A-levels and I wish it's my only regret that I didn't actually tell him what not only myself but the entire school and probably about 40 years worth of, of boys thought of him. Really? And I'm sorry, but I would have liked to have told him. Is it something you replay in your head in the shower kind of thing? I actually still sometimes do. Either that or the day that I got my uh, roller skates and I tried to roller skate on gravel. Because I just think that was just the wrong move. <laughs> I was seven, but... What day to What's relive? Yours? From a purely pleasure perspective, I'd like to relive the day I met my husband. I think that would be cool. Although I met him at like two in the morning, so mm. it would have to be the next day. Didn't you drug him? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I want to relive it? Um, <laughs> I basically did. <laughs> no, you didn't. no, I didn't. Shot of tequila. Yeah, or do. I'd love to relive that day because when you fall in love, everything's fucking simple, isn't it? It feels very simple. Um, any mm. more tweets? Any more tweets? <clears throat> oh, there's plenty. Shane Telford says, you're going to love this. <laughs> I had a really nice Tesco meal deal once. That was a great day and only three pounds. Oh, I love it. I love it. Shane, I, want, I want to be her friend. Shane, I think it's a man, isn't it? Oh, I want to be his friend. Do you want to know what his uh, Twitter handle is as well? At Mr. Shane Reaction. <laughs> <laughs> He's funny. Oh, Tesco's has replied. The real Tesco's account. You're joking. No. What's it said? Relive that great day, Shane, and treat yourself to another. Helena Senga says, The day I woke up from my transplant, because after saying goodbye to my kids, I did wake up. So she had to say goodbye to her kids, thinking she might die. Oh, blimey. God, blimey. That's heavy. We've gone for a Tesco's meal deal. (laughs) Yeah. Lung transplant. Mm Mm-hmm. And coming out, wanting to relive that. Oh, now Helena has got... Helena, who said the thing about her transplant, has got involved in the Tesco's debate, saying (laughs) to Tesco's, I think you should give him a freebie for the free advertising. Couldn't have put it better, Helena. She woke up from that transplant and she's hit the ground running. (laughs) She's come out fighting, hasn't she? Thank you for all your tweets. Uh, There's going to be more throughout the series. Questions, that is. And... We love it when you sort of reply to each other and talk amongst oneselves. Uh, I always feel like I'm slightly hosting a little drinks party when that happens. Oh, I love You're it. like, oh, God, they haven't got a drink. Well, their glasses are empty, William. Anyone else for Monster Munch? Yeah. Follow at Will Young. And also on Twitter, we'll be letting you know of any meal deals that we have coming up. Do you know what? We should actually introduce Troy, because there are. It's, it's a weird thing with Troy Savant, because he's a cultural phenomenon who grew up online, started out as a YouTuber, now is a huge pop star all over the world. But he's not quite so big in the UK, so a lot of people don't know who he is. He sort of exists in that sort of interesting world of sort of culturally, fashion-wise. He'll go to the Met Ball. And I don't know if his music's fully translated yet. Um, And we have a conversation about that, actually. I cannot believe he's as young as he is. He's 23. Is he? Mm. Oh, God, I hate him. Um, Skin like an angel. I know. And a voice to die for. His best mates with Ariana Grande, and they do things together. Right at the forefront of where queer identity is now. Yeah. We met him at Capitol Records. No hoopla around him. No hoopla, but they didn't offer us a drink, did they? I remember that. Did they not? Not even a salted caramel biscuit. Muse on that. Here is the interview with Troy Savan. One of my favourite things is watching people's performances from when they're doing promo in, in other parts of the world. <laughs> because really? it's just so different. Like, so, so, so different. What are they phoning it in? Well, no, so, like, I, when I was way younger, I went to China to perform on this TV program that I still don't have 1,000% clarity on this, but I'm pretty sure a billion people watch it. Wow. It's, like, insane. So I was just, like, I am here to do whatever you want. Like, literally whatever <laughs> And so within five seconds, I'm wearing a bow tie with little metal studs on it. 
and I'm singing Jason Mraz, I'm Yours with like a bunch of background dancers swaying behind me. And it was just like a, the most surreal experience in the world. And the funny thing is that you find out that everybody does it. Like oh, everybody has brilliant. those online. Really? Yeah. There's like Carly Rae Jepsen shampoo commercials from Japan that are the greatest thing I've ever seen. She showed them to me. They're really? so good. Just like, I love it. It's so fun. I just want to tell you that I'm a quarter Tasmanian. Oh. Um, don't hold it against me. Oh, right. So when I come to LA, I like the fact that I'm English. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. kind of play on it mm-hmm. because I think other people like it as well. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like an outsider here, or do you feel? Yes. And that not necessarily a bad. Thing. No, 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 no. I love having an accent because I remember when people from America used to visit Australia growing up. I used to just think it was like the coolest thing in the world that they mm-hmm. had an accent and that they like probably knew famous people and all this stuff, you know, whatever I'd built America up to be in my head. And so, yeah, when I'm here, I like 100%, I never want to like lose my accent or anything. I know some people get here and like actively try to get the American accent. I don't want to ever do that. Mm. Yeah, I love it. So I started working with quite a few Australians very early on in my career. Yeah. And I felt like they had a really good... I always said they have the best balance of American and English because mm. they're really sincere and they've got a good sense of humour. Yeah. Have you got a group of Aussies around you? I wish. I've literally thought about, like, trying to track down Margot Robbie somehow. Yes. Because I hear that she runs with, like, a pack of Australians. Oh, really? And I just I want to get involved. Yeah. But I don't know how to find her. <laughs> So, Twitter. yeah, but I feel like she'd be scared. If, so, if somebody reached out to me being like, oh, I want to be friends with you, just like yes. randomly, that would be a bit weird, I think. Yes. But it's on my to-do list to like infiltrate that friend group. Write her a note. Maybe I should. Write her a note. Always the best. Everyone loves a note because everyone does it through managers or email. Yeah. We do little postcards. Yeah. I'm on like in a moment of, because LA is kind of tough friend-wise in general, but um, I feel like specifically over the last couple of months, because I've actually been here more solidly, like normally I'm traveling, but because I've been here for quite a solid amount of time, I've realized that I have very few friends here. And so in a moment of desperation, I found an Aussies in LA Facebook page and it's pretty good, but everyone's just trying to like sell their dresser that they don't want anymore <laughs> or like, you know, rent out a room or whatever. So it's not been as productive as I hoped it would be. Once you start getting a level of fame, mm. there's some things, we were talking about this earlier, mm. that kind of can shut down in one's life mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, well, I'm famous, so I, I won't go on, for example, a Facebook page and look at that or mm. I won't just put a note up in the local cafe saying, yeah. you know, anyone wants their dog walked. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. Yeah. Like, do you feel restrictions if you, as you've got more famous for, and you're famous for being very good at something, a few things, yeah. do you feel restrictions in that or do you still feel that you can do those kind of things? I don't really. I mean, I think I can imagine that dating would be really hard if you were single and looking for someone. I'm very happily in a relationship, so that was kind of all sorted for me. But, like, especially with dating apps and stuff like that, like, how do you just, like... If you're a single, I don't know, like musician or whatever, you don't just like get on Tinder or something. Like I don't know, I don't know how how that works. Well, we discussed this, didn't we? <laughs> how does it work? I'm on Tinder. You're on it. Yeah. Maybe that's the I best just decided, Like, well, actually, we had a conversation, didn't we? Yeah, because you were. Oh, like, it's in your favour, honestly. But you, do you get a lot of weirdos? You know, I think it's like lots of people think that I'm pretend. Oh yeah. And then I think we. Chris just said, well, who gives a shit? Yeah. If you do what you do, like, why can't you go on this? It's all about caring about what people are going to say. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what it will be. And you just what are remain... people going to say about me? Yeah. They'll think I'm this and that. But it's all made up in my head anyway. So right. if I don't give a sh- if I don't care. Mm-hmm. One of the things when we first started for fun, we did like a grinder profile that was us two saying hey, we're a podcast kind of thing. It was very clear that we were a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so loads of people would message, like, going, what is this? But lots of people would be like, so for, for the first time I had, because I ran the grinder, I'm married, was like, oh, is that you, Will Young? Oh, is that you, Will Young? But it was always very positive, wasn't it? 
Yeah. I think it was pretty positive, Have particularly once people, once people started liking the work. I mean, we still got a few like people just spending, spending pictures of their penises. I was oh, going to say, oh, did yeah, anyone no, just like message like looking yeah. for a third? Oh mm. yeah. All that stuff. Yes. How, how, how's you? How's you? Yeah, and, you? and obviously those people who just Shout blanket dick pic people. Right. So like we'd get like just loads of dick pics. But apparently there are people, I didn't realise this, who they only swipe yes on Tinder so that it just finds everybody who has liked them back and then they just go through that list and have sex with every single person. No, they list. don't. Yeah. So it's not about actually looking mm. at whether you find someone attractive. You just go like that. That mm. sounds like a sort of new kind of like social media card game. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Collect all in the pack. Tinder. I had Grinder, and then I was too early, I think, for Tinder. When I mm. got into my relationship, it wasn't like, it wasn't a thing. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Does your partner, and does he live here? He does. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you guys meet? We met at a fashion show. Well, actually, we met kind of through mutual friends. It was really weird. Um, my manager met him by chance and she was like it was basically like, it wasn't set up but like she was like oh I met this guy that I think you'd really like kind of thing and then we found out that we were both going to be at the same fashion show and then we met and we basically haven't separated mm. since so nice yeah mm. I wanted to ask you actually because so in in London for example there's a big thing about the fact that young LGBT people have nowhere to go of a night. Like, yes. there's nowhere, like, all the clubs are shut down, like, mm. and everything is kind of done on Grindr, which is obviously predominantly gay men, so that doesn't account for everybody. But do you find that as well, or do you hear that from your peers? I do, yeah. I mean, I think specifically where I felt it most, though, was um, before I turned 18. Really? Yeah, because, like, once you're over age, if you want to go find it, it tends to exist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if I wanted to go out here, even if it's not really my scene or even if, you know, I'm not in the mood or whatever, if I really wanted to, I could go out and I could find a gay bar to go to or something like that where I could be with like-minded people. But um, before I was of age, it was impossible. And I didn't know, really? I didn't know where to, I don't know, where do you meet gay people or queer people before... You can, mm. before you're old enough to go into like a queer space, you know? That's why I think I spend so much time online, like just on my computer. I was going to say, really... isn't that, that's where you can find it. Yeah, I didn't know where else young. to look. Because I remember I was always in chat rooms. Oh yeah, totally. But LGBT chat rooms. Yep. Like, yep. yeah, because I, I mean, I used to pretend to be someone else. Like I mm-hmm. just, and pretend to be like five different people. And like, mm-hmm. I also used to pretend to be a girl because I didn't want to have to be gay. in a gay chat room. And I wanted to talk to straight guys. That was because I didn't want to be gay. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I couldn't, and, and I didn't like the other gay people in those chat rooms. So I wouldn't mm. talk to them, but I would go in and talk to a guy and sort of get that fix. Very strange. Wow. So I would go in, because once you've said you're a girl, you actually then don't really discuss it again. Mm. You know what I mean? So I would just then be talking to guys and I'd think, oh, they would, could be my boyfriend, but I would never take it any further than just mm. chatting to them in actually a fundamentally pointless way. Mm-hmm. over dial-up mm-hmm. I remember this one thing that I heard you say that I was really fascinated by was that you were talking about femininity because mm-hmm. the question that we talk about a lot and goes around and around in my mind is like this two-lane thing of there's gayness 
and there's also femininity. And also, I don't want to exclude other members of the LGBTQ community by, it's, you know, because it's a, it's a spectrum and this is relevant to everyone. But you can be okay with your gayness, but not be okay with your femininity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yes. And that's, does that resonate with you? I think it resonates with like a past version of myself. Right. You know, I think, I don't know where it came from because I grew up in a very like, liberal family super supportive always never said anything bad about gay people or queer people in general but for some reason from the earliest like some of my earliest memories are lying in bed thinking I better not be gay (laughs) or like to me there were things that were gay you know like like limp wrist or standing Mm. with your hip popped or whatever and I remember my my best friend growing up Ryan he was so kind of secure in himself that he would stand like that and he's straight and he would stand like that and he would stand with his, with his wrist down and whatever. And he wasn't scared to hang out with me. And I think he knew that I was gay and that was always like kind Mm. of weird to me. And he wasn't scared to hang out with the girls in our year. And that was always interesting to me. And he was just so in touch with like his feminine side. And I remember thinking like, what the hell is he doing? He's going (laughs) to get like bashed, you know, he's going to, somebody's going to want to bash him. And so I was always just so scared of it. And I I still don't really know where that like miseducation and that fear came from, but it was always, it was always there for me. And like you said, even once I had come out as gay, coming out to myself and to everyone as maybe a little bit feminine or maybe a lot feminine or whatever, Mm. that was a whole separate, a whole separate thing for me. And Mm. something that I think lingered on way longer than accepting my sexuality was accepting my femininity. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel, I think, so like liberated by this album that I'm putting out now and Mm. and the music videos that I've had the chance to make and everything is I made a very, very conscious decision empowered by the people in my life and the experiences that I've had over the last couple of years and living in a city like LA where it's so accepting. Having seen all of the things that I've seen and met all of the incredible people that I've met, I really, really feel the most kind of past that that I've ever felt and the most confident. And um, me strutting around for the My 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 video, which was my mm, first yeah. single, that was like the most powerful I've ever felt in my it, entire life. It comes oh. across like that. Good. No, I'm so glad. It's very um, authentic. Well, I mean, it's always been there. You know what I mean? That's the thing. And I've just fought it my entire life. And so to make the conscious decision to really put my money where my mouth is and and actually embrace who I am mm. um, wholeheartedly and not only embrace it but like celebrate it it's been like one of the most joyous experiences of my whole life yeah it's been so fun that's amazing to hear I yeah. get little I feel tingly hearing oh, that good. it makes right. me really I feel really happy to hear that yeah. there's always moments in in life and it normally comes tied up with fashion film it's always from the arts mm-hmm. where things come together in movements. And, and I think for me, you represent a very new moment within music where it, for me, it's great to see someone who is exploring what it is to be a human, mm-hmm. whatever comes into that mm-hmm. feminine, masculine, you know, and you are embracing your, who you are wholeheartedly. And that's so new to have someone who is openly gay and people across the board find attractive because that has to come into music. Of course it does in mm. pop. It's like people want to fancy the person. It just feels something completely new. It slightly blows my mind because for me, I came into the era when it was... I came out at the beginning of my career, but I was still not... That wasn't really supported mm. in, by my management then. Mm. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't be yeah. sexual... No, it was like, if you were gay, you had to wear a sharp suit every time you went out. You know what mm. I mean? So it's still like, everything else about me is exactly yeah. as you expect. Nobody frightened here. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? don't, like, mm. don't frighten anyone, you know. Whereas now, you must have the support I do. You. I do. I've got a great management team and a great label. And I haven't had this conversation with anyone else for fear of, I hate it, hate it, hate it when, like, pop stars sound bitter or blame any sort of lack of success on anything except for themselves Mm. and so I don't want to come across like I'm doing that at all but this feels like a space where we can just like you know openly have a conversation Mm. 
part of me wonders sometimes if I would be more commercially successful if I was either not gay or not as kind of like in your face gay, mm-hmm. you know? Like I think we're in a really interesting time in music right now where we're seeing more and more queer artists mm. pop up, but we don't have like a queer Taylor Swift. We don't have a queer Rihanna. We don't have a queer Beyonce. You know what I mean? It's, it's not there yet, I don't mm. think. Though, you know, it feels very exciting to be where we are. I still feel like there's a really tall mountain to, to climb. And sometimes it gets frustrating because I feel like I'm really, really giving my all and, you know, not having like some humongous radio smash all over the world or whatever, you know, and hundred percent, it could be just on the music. Maybe the music <laughs> is not good enough. Maybe the world is obsessed with hip hop right now and I'm mm. making the furthest thing from hip hop, you know, mm. so it could be a myriad of other things. But part of me in the back of my mind wonders sometimes, is the world actually ready right now for what I'm trying to, to be? What comes up for me is I have thought that a lot mm-hmm. about my own career. As mm-hmm. I got more comfortable with being gay, you know, the spreadsheets mm-hmm. were going down. Mm-hmm. You know, so the more, weirdly, the more happy basically I got as a person mm-hmm. and expressive within that, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't selling as many records. Mm-hmm. Radio play went down, all these kind of things. I understand what you're saying, but also it's like, are you doing what you want to do? And I think that's the thing that you will take to your grave. You Completely. know what I mean? And I think that incrementally that will create a legacy. It almost makes it more frustrating how proud I am of what <laughs> I've made. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and how stoked I am. Yeah. And I think that's what actually makes it all okay. You know what I mean? Mm. That, that's what makes it like, okay, maybe I've never had a number one radio smash around the world. Cool. But I've had, I've made something that I will stand by for the rest of my life. You know, imagine yes. how much worse I would feel had I have tried to like play the game yes. and put out something that I didn't like in order to try and get Can that and imagine? then not got it anyway. Well, yeah. and, and even if you did get it, perhaps. Oh yeah. Because oh, I, think, still, like, I think I'd feel sick. Got to stand up there and, you know, you would maybe be, I'd having... be happy if I was doing the Super Bowl. But... I think, like, you know, to be an artist, and we're all artists here, it, there's a... Should hear some of my songs. There's a, <laughs> sounds like a cat on a hot tin roof. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like um, there's a vulnerability to it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of paradox for me or dichotomy. It's like, I love what I've done. I've loved what I've done. And now I have to put it out there and, and someone might not love it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of... I will always find that hard to put yeah. something out there and then to see whether it's opening shop every time, being like, is anyone actually going to come into the shop? Mm-hmm. What do you do to look after yourself? Hmm. How do you look after your well-being? It's a couple of things. First of all... Like, I ask for someone that suffers from anxiety, by the way. No, yeah, fair enough. For me, a lot of it starts with my team. They're very aware. We've gotten to the point maybe like three times in my career where I like physically cannot go on you know like I'll get Mm. sick and lose my voice or have a really bad cough that won't go away and so at a certain point my body kind of like halts everything for me you know to protect myself I think so everyone's kind of shit scared of that happening me myself included and so right from the word go I am really actively involved in the scheduling of everything to make sure that I have time for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think coming from Australia, it's different. Like we, we think of, I, I don't really know what the work relationship is like in the UK, but in America, people work so much mm. and so hard and don't, from my perspective, don't often really like reap the, the rewards mm. of it. Like they don't really take a lot of holidays mm. you know you don't, you, don't, you don't get a lot of sick days or whatever paid leave i it's like super rare i feel like to find whereas i feel like growing up it was super normal to go to the beach during the week and then be people there having their lunch on the beach or whatever or maybe mm. taking the day off work for whatever reason or people go on little road trips even if you're not going on like some fabulous holiday or whatever you go down south for a couple of days or whatever. I just feel like people really prioritize mental health mm. and 
I'm probably talking from like such a privileged place where people maybe have to work more here because maybe you know healthcare is not free or whatever you know things like that. It's I'm sure that there are very valid reasons why it is why it is, but um, I get really overwhelmed by it. Like the idea mm. that you have to be working constantly and and that people don't take weekends and things like mm. that. You know, a lot of the time. Similar to the conversation we were having before, I have to ask myself, what is success to me? Mm. Do I have that? I'm lucky enough to say yes, I do. So then, everyone, chill out. Mm. I'm gonna like go away for a few days or yeah. whatever. You know, mm. I'm not gonna do 15 interviews in one day. I'll do 10 or whatever it is. Mm. You know, so I'm I'm like really involved in that part of the process. And then as well, I've realized that I take a lot of meaning in my life from meaningful relationships. So like, I love my dog. I just got a dog like a month ago. Oh. I'm obsessed with my dog. What okay. you got? Like a staffy, like <sighs> pitbull kind of spy. So I spend time with my dog. I spend time with my boyfriend. I grew up Jewish and we would do Shabbat dinners every Friday night. So mm-hmm. it's just like family and family friends coming over for dinner. And so every single Friday night growing up, that from like the day I was born till I moved out of home, that was a thing. And so I really, really try and um, have people over to the house for dinner or go to people's houses for dinner, stuff like that. You know, socialize in ways that I feel like I understand kind of thing, you know. I feel like people in Perth almost can live in their own country. You yeah. got that completely wrong. No, think of the geography of Australia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really far from, from everything. My three closest friends growing up all lived within walking distance from my house. Perth's like a, a pretty adequately sized city. There's like two million people that live there and it's it's a, just kind of a, a mid-sized city, I'd say. But yeah, I just grew up in like suburbia, like complete suburbia. I went to a school mm. with like 300 kids in all of, in the entire school. So there was like 26 kids per year or 30 kids per year. So from kindergarten till year 12, I was with the same 25, 26 kids. Mm. And we never really socialized outside of that. So I may as well have grown up in like a small town or whatever. That being my kind of like social experience growing up and not having to actively make friends and everything. I think that's part of what makes LA kind of hard for me is I have to actively go out and make friends. I'm not really used to going out and going to bars and stuff because that just wasn't what we did. I'm very used to people coming over to the house and just like having wine and dinner or whatever. Mm. And so for me, it's been really important to try and like build my own kind of reality here that mm. that works for me and so mm-hmm. i'm trying to make a life that kind of makes more more sense for myself here than i think life all naturally all it needs does. is margot robbie Mar- like, literally <laughs> um, i wonder if she listens i just think we're gonna fucking make her we'll write her a note as well yeah yeah please it's so funny listening to you say all of that because one of the things that is um as you will know more than anyone else is such an obsession is like this idea of kids who've grown up on the internet Mm. and how it's like you know it's completely responsible for anxiety and all of this stuff and we are now entering a stage or we have been for five years where people who have grown up on the internet are now coming of age and Mm. adults running their lives and you seem like one of the most centered people I've ever met in my life and I actually genuinely mean that you know like (laughs) you know and so surely that makes you the counter argument to everything well, no, no, I definitely, you know, I like go to therapy. I would say that I potentially have some sort of like anxiety disorder of some sort. Like mm-hmm. I, I have to actively make these choices every single day. Otherwise I do get very anxious and very down, you know? So, yeah. So I don't know. I That's very we, good self-care, I think, because from people around, we were talking about this last really? night on our second bit. Um, <laughs> I think it's Chris. No one does therapy. But, like, we know less people that have therapy than, than do, let's mm. say, in people that yeah. we know in our friendship group. All the people I know that have therapy who are close friends are so much happier. Mm-hmm. So in England, you mentioned therapy, and we still go, mm. Mm. we're still back in colonial times. Mm-hmm. You know, is it like that in Australia? Because I know in America, um, lots of people... I think in Australia, maybe it's a little bit like that still. But I mean, in LA, it's very normal to go to a therapist. I also think I have a, a maybe more open relationship to it because a couple of things. First of all, both of my parents struggle with anxiety and depression. And so they've both been in therapy 
at times. And then as well, when I came out to my parents, I was 15, they were like, we want you to go see a therapist, not to like mm. convert me or anything like <laughs> that, but just because they were like, we're sure that this is, you know, left a lot of like stuff. You've got a lot of stuff that you need to deal with, you mm. know? And they came with me to a couple of sessions and then I was on my own for a couple of sessions. And, <laughs> Thank God they've gone. Now yeah. we can start. <laughs> but it was really, really, really helpful. And I was so young. I was 14 or 15. Mm. And so I've always had it in the back of my mind as like as an option of, of something that I could do. That's really cool. That's so good that. to hear because I think when you come out, I'm going to talk from the I position. When I came out, there was a lot of baggage of past stuff that, that I didn't then resolve till I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. And I read a book called The Velvet Rage, which was... Oh, my God, I haven't read it yet, but I want to so badly. Oh I God, found it's... it a bit annoying, but it is good. Mm. The um, tone is annoying, but what's in it? Yes. You're like, yeah, there was yeah. A bit of a tick. There was a bit of a tick list going on. For me. <coughs> gotcha. mm. God. So I thought, oh, yeah, okay, that all, this all makes sense that I haven't offloaded that. So it's really nice to hear that your parents suggested... Mm. encourage therapy and decay with you. One thing that you said about the anxiety thing, which I just love, because we were talking about it literally this morning as mm. I did a fucking YouTube video of exercises. I could totally talk myself into, I'm away so I don't have to do it, but I do it for my mind as much as I do mm. it for my uh, missing six pack. But you know, like it's so good for your brain. 20 yeah. minutes exercise, it's just, it sorts my head out. And But that requires commitment to what is quite a boring schedule. You know, like you have to do it. That is work every day to say mm. in meetings, I don't want to do all those things you've written in for the, because it's hijinks as well, isn't it? They're like, well, okay. If oh, you don't yeah. want to do all the, the guilt trip is yeah. always oh, there. Oh my gosh. 100%. But how do you maintain your shape in those scenarios? Because that's something I find incredibly hard personally. I also find it really hard. And again, I think the only thing that like really keeps me like sane and grounded in those moments is asking myself, like, what more do I want? You know mm, what I mean? Like, mm. I'm making something that I'm so incredibly proud of. I'm getting to do everything that I've ever wanted to do. I am financially secure. My family's awesome. Like, I don't need to... It's not worth it for me to put myself in a bad mental mm, space. Mm. Like, it almost feels ungrateful for everything else that's going on. Mm. Like, why would I put myself in that situation mm. where I'm going to be mm. unhappy, where... I have nothing to be unhappy about. You know what I'm saying? So you're kind of like sabotaging all those things that is already there. I think that's a really great way of seeing it. I think it's terribly hard to maintain shape, Mm -hmm. particularly when it's like, well, essentially being Mm self-employed. You're self-employed. You open up shop every time and then it's like, Mm. You know what I mean? It's not regular wage. Mm-hmm. No. It's feast or famine. Well, that's yeah. the thing is I feel like people can make you feel like you're on a precipice of like, oh, okay, so it's all happening and you're not going to do the interviews? Good luck with that because we've got you here, you no, know? And it's Always. just so, I just, everything is so imbued with incredible amount of importance. And you're like, And jeopardy. Yes. Only with context, I think, having now done this once before and released an album before, do I understand where I feel like I'm kind of like as smart as the people who are telling me to do all this stuff? And I'm like, wait a second. No, no, that's like not how this works. That's when mm. it becomes fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like it's tough because going back to our conversation earlier, I think it's clear how badly I want to achieve everything that I've ever wanted to achieve. And so when people are like dangling that in front of you and uh, being yeah. like, are you sure you don't want to you know, run yourself into the ground? Mm. It gets hard. Mm. That's a hard balance, that. There's two things. But it's pick and choose, I think. What are you doing for the rest of the day? For the rest of the day? Oh, I'm going to rehearsals for tour. Oh, today. nice. How far into rehearsals? Six days. But, like, musically, we are, like, ready, which is so exciting. And now taking a bit of a break to go and do promo for the album because it's out in like a week and then when I come back we'll go into full like production rehearsals with lights and stage and stuff Light stage how big is the band? Band is four people and myself Dancers? No dancers Have you worked out the clothes? Working it out literally today You're playing you play like I don't play like, don't you play? I thought you played loads play. of instruments. No. We'll just say you did. You play loads of instruments. I play five <laughs> instruments. You are That's like correct. So you're taking a piccolo. Good. <laughs> God, you were wise in that interview. Thank you so much. Sometimes you just come out with brilliant questions, and I genuinely mean this. I come out and I think, he was good in that. Is, it, is that when you put Dalai or Lama after someone's name when they're very wise? Lama. So you could call me now Chris Lama. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dalai Lama. <laughs> 
Could it be Chris Sweeney Llama? Should I change my uh, IMDb to be uh, <laughs> I'd rather Lama. it was Sweeney because I like calling you Sweeney. Sweeney Llama. Sweeney Llama. Meh. If you want to see Troy, uh, he has just done a film, which we didn't talk about, because we are we leave no stone uncovered. <laughs> Think of us as the Robert Peston of podcasts. He's in a film called Boy Erased, which is about gay conversion camps with Lucas Hedges, Xavier Dolan, Nicole Kidman. Three gay icons in their own, each individual way. We need a song. We do need a song. You know what it's going to be, don't you? No. Homo sapiens do ya oh, Homo sapiens do ya Voice of an angel Homo sapiens Homo sapiens do ya Homo sapiens do ya Homo sapiens Oh thank you so much Oh you know what that's better than Stevie Do you think? Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Tune in next week. We have Sam Smith. Uh, The show is nothing without you. Rate and review. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, of course, with a chance to win a T-shirt. Or if not, get in touch. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right <laughs> Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was, like... Wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Powered by Spirit Studios.